This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that is stuck in the past, kind of like Steven Gerrard's tactics. <laughs> <laughs> and us, we are old. Uh, today we have Nicholas, get off my lawn, John. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> and Karami Kamil. Uh, he thinks that 30 years ago was the 1970s. It's 50 years ago, dude. <laughs> What's happening, guys? Uh, I am Faisal American. I get out of my bed like I'm in my 70s. We have a packed episode today, so let's get to it. We've witnessed the departure of a deeply controversial figure in Britain who is accused of being clueless, useless, and a way out of their league. But enough about Liz Truss. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Steven Gerrard. He's been sacked as the manager of Aston Villa following their latest result, a 3-0 defeat to Fulham. He leaves Villa in 16th place in the EPL standings after 11 games. Uh, six losses, three draws and only two wins. That adds up to 11, I think. They're above the relegation zone on goal difference. Guys, we've said this before. Um, the Villa job definitely came too soon into his managerial career. Uh, Gerrard joined them after winning the title at Rangers, but we've all seen the gap between uh, English and Scottish football. 7-1 against Liverpool. (laughs) Uh, Was it a mistake to fast-track him into the Premier League? Was he out of his depth? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Nick, I remember you saying uh, previously that Gerard's shortcomings were exposed when his assistant, uh, Beal, left at the end of last season. Yeah, Michael Beal, his assistant, uh, who left to take over at uh, QPR. Um, And it wasn't just me. A lot of other observers said the same thing, that Beal's departure kind of marked the beginning of the end, if you like, for, for mm-hmm. Gerard, and it kind of coincided with the dip in form. Uh, but that's not to say that Beal was like the genius behind the operation, you know. It, it's just that I think Gerard lost uh, a very important ally, mm-hmm. someone you could, you know, throw ideas off a sounding board, someone that uh, could take some of the load off his shoulders because, mm-hmm. yeah, a Premier League club is, you know, a very tough job to, to have. Um, but I think at, at the end of the day, it's hard to argue with the decision to sack Gerard, you know, with the club sitting, like you said, just above the relegation zone and all that. The, the, the results was, were just not good enough. Mm. And Villa are a very ambitious club. Uh, being in a relegation battle is, is just not good enough for them. So you, you kind of understand why they had to do it, lah. Yeah, um, about the ambition of Aston Villa. I think last season they, they targeted to finish top six in the Premier League. I didn't think they get that because I'm not mm. sure. How, how they finished the last season. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's sad to see Gerard to be sacked. Uh, I really have high hopes for him due to what he's done with Rangers. I do think he has the, he has the ability, but not the experience yet. So it could be a good learning curve mm-hmm. for Gerard, this, uh, this villa job. I mean, his former job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Again, it's how how long was he was he a Villa manager? It was not even a year, so it's still a very very short amount of time given to him to turn the club around. I really thought that he would have he should have been given more time mm-hmm. uh, to impl- uh, to imply implement his tactics or whatnot and relegate the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
it's funny hearing that from Faisal, who is who is an avid <laughs> Liverpool fan. <laughs> You'll find out why soon. <laughs> now, you talked about experience. Uh, where's the best place for him to get that experience? Uh, is it dropping down one division to the championship or join the coaching staff of an established big club like Liverpool and become an apprentice, like Arteta at Man City? Or worse comes to worse, right? Should he re-sign for Liverpool as a player? I mean, they are very short of midfielders right now. <laughs> <laughs> he might do a better job. <laughs> no, no, I think I think the Villa job suits him because okay, Villa has a good history, right? They've won the Champions League before the European Cup back then. But um, for eleven months in the job and then being sacked because of because of uh, poor results, we need to remember that two of his key signings was injured, so yeah. he really, really don't have the players that he needed to have mm. to go through the season. Um, I really hope, I really think that he should have stayed at Villa and see if he could turn his luck around. But now I think I don't see him playing Faisal at Liverpool. <laughs> but uh, Gerard, when he was a player, he was a great, great player, a magnificent player. So I don't think when he's become a manager, I don't think he would he would take that ego mm. to turn down his ego a bit, be a staff. I don't see that happening. So I'm guessing he's, he's searching for another club right now. Yeah, because that's the thing. One of the biggest criticisms uh, of him that I've read was that um, his playing style were, was the type that you saw, you know, in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and late 90s, um, no, while playing under Julie, Rafa, uh, and, and Rafa. Football has a, evolved a lot in those 20 years and um, you just can't rely on the past. <laughs> yeah, you can't. But And... It, it just goes to show um, um, you cannot fast track big name players into managers. They need to start from scratch. But I, I think he did earn this opportunity when because of what he did with Rangers. I, it was a great, great feat when he was with Rangers. So Yeah, but he didn't spend enough time there. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that is a thing as well, yeah. Yeah, maybe a few more seasons at Rangers, you know, get some experience with Rangers in Europe, um, absorb more of these modern tactics. That mm-hmm. would have been the best for him. Lah. Yeah, I remember when, when Lampard got the Chelsea job, I think Nick said this. It was a too good of a chance, too good of, a, of an opportunity for Lampard or Gerard in this case to turn mm-hmm. it down. So I think they just really need to take the job. But this is the, the problem when big names like this move up to the EPL too soon is that it's almost like they feel ashamed to take a step back after yeah, that. Yeah. You know, so common sense will tell you that, you know, put the ego aside, go and look for a job in the championship, mm-hmm. find a club. They know, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. there are many clubs that would, would love a manager of, of, of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, go, go and earn your way back up again. But uh, I, I think a lot of these managers, once they're in the top flight, they're very reluctant yeah. To go back down again, you know. But, but but the next course of action was like what Faisal pointed out. You know, I'm sure Liverpool would love to have him back in, in a coaching mm-hmm. capacity. And it worked with what Arteta did. Yes, you know, where exactly. he went in and, and instead of just going and becoming a manager, he spent some time being an assistant and all that. It, it could work mm-hmm. to Gerard's advantage. Yeah, and there's also Vieira, remember? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it, it, it they've proven that that, that approach works. Mm-hmm. Now, as for Villa's next manager, um, I've read of fans wanting them to sign Maurizio Pochettino. Mm. Thought <laughs> if the club was ambitious, the fans are even more so. <laughs> uh, so much of winning a trophy now for Villa. <laughs> I doubt that is going to happen. I think there are clubs flirting dangerously with relegations who maybe get Sean Dyche instead. <laughs> 
or maybe Sam Allardyce. I think he's standing <laughs> by the phone to get a call. <laughs> Sam Allardyce would be great for Aston Villa. Definitely, he'll turn the team around compared to Pochettino. Yeah, but but like like okay, the names that you mentioned, Dyche and and Allardyce. What they have in common is that they have the experience uh, managing relegation-threatened mm-hmm. clubs. Mm-hmm. So they know what it's like to scrap out a win. They know what it's like to to, to manage a team that has limited resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, Villa are not poor, but uh, they don't have the kind of spending power exactly. that, that you know some of the bigger clubs have. And you compare that to Pochettino, for example. His last club was PSG. Mm-hmm. Who had money to just throw <laughs> and just buy players for the sake of buying players? So hey, according to Man City, that's xenophobic. Huh? Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you you get my point, you know. So I I don't think someone like like him would have the experience to 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 take charge of a team that's playing in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, you know? but my take on it: if Pochettino does get the job, if he give if he's been given ample time, enough money to to develop the team. I think it could go, Villa could be somewhere, but it has to be a long-term project. It's mm-hmm. not after 10 months or 11 months and he's getting the boot. So I, I don't think he's, he'll get the time though if, if he's there. Yeah, I don't think many, I, I don't I think most Premier League teams yeah. have not gotten that memo, you know, <laughs> but giving managers time. <laughs> oh yeah, Tuchel is available as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, moving on to another relegation-threatened team, uh, Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers uh, earned himself a reprieve with a 2-0 win over Leeds. Those characters are now just uh, one point away from safety. At the other end of the table, fifth-place Man United emerged 2-0 winners over Tottenham, who remain in third place. After the match, Spurs boss Antonio Conte said his team are no longer title contenders this season. Were they even in the running in the first place? <laughs> you could say that. I think they they played really really well. They were in third um, with Harry Kane, Son Heung-min, Hugo Lloris. I think they they've got a good squad. Conte has won the Premier League before, but to to me, this is just him playing some psychological games with his players just to buck them up. Maybe just a kick in in the behind because uh, we really have to admit that Tottenham were really poor in that game because. Yeah. I think it's been, what, Nick, eight years since we've said that United <laughs> played really, really well. United dominated the match. So it was, it was, it was a bit weird. I think, I think Conte got, got his tactics wrong on that match. But again, I, I have to admit that I have to think that it's just a psychological game. We've no Conte's ta- uh, antics on the page, uh, at the side of the page uh, with the press. So I really hope that Tottenham, this is just a blip and Tottenham will get back to the, to the, to the what? To the what, Faisal? Tottenham will get back into their winning ways. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting back into stuff, um, apparently Cristiano Ronaldo is going to work hard to get back into the team after his latest hissy fit. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just let the guy go already. Um, I, I don't know. This, this whole thing is getting very tiring. To have to talk about it, to have to listen to it. And it's taking away from what was a very impressive mm-hmm. United performance. You know, it, I think the BBC, uh, if I'm not mistaken, called it the best United performance under Ten Hag so far. Yep. And yet here we are talking about Ronaldo. <laughs> you know, and it's just typical of him, you know, to do something to put all the attention on him. So, um, yeah, let him go. Okay, my take on it. I think. He still is trying to adapt that he's no longer at the peak of his yeah. career. So he's all, he's used to it. He's used to be the man 
the man that they rely on, the player that wins his team the game. Yeah. So he at 37, he's been doing that since what? 1920. So mm. it's been 17 years. So it's very, very hard. And knowing Ronaldo, knowing his, his ego, ego <laughs> I don't want to say ego, his say it. traits, his traits, <laughs> his narcissism, <laughs> his mentality. <laughs> so he really wants to play. He really wants to help the team. But I agree with Nick. This does not help the team at all. So he needs to find, uh, the, the, the room. He needs the room. He needs time to adapt to this situation. I think this is, His situation is more similar to if you if you rec- if you remember the name Allen Iverson, an NBA former yeah. superstar. So it's the same situation. Google them up if you Google mm-hmm. Google Iverson if you don't know about Iverson. And, and it must not have been easy for him. Uh, like you said, you know, he he always needs to be the star, mm-hmm. the center of attention, the man to watch Man United play that well without him, without yeah. him. And he wasn't even a sub. Well, mm-hmm. if you believe some reports, you know, apparently they wanted it. Wanted him to come on as a sub. For the last three minutes. And, and he said no. But yeah, he, he's seeing basically the team doing, living up to expectations mm. and, and, and playing well without him. So that must not have been, you know, very easy to take. Yeah. But again, it, it goes back. The, the reason I say get rid of him is not so much, oh, you know, we, we don't want him or anything, but it's better for the club and it's better for the player mm-hmm. that he goes and finds another team where he'll be able to contribute a little bit more. You know, where he, he maybe can be a bit more of a star player mm-hmm. at that team compared to what... Because Ten Hag has made it very clear that he's building this team now not around Ronaldo, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Ten Hag could have the talk with Ronaldo saying that, okay, Ronaldo, this is your role. And depending on what how Ronaldo takes yeah. takes the talk, if he wants to stay, if he wants to leave, we know he wants to leave. But if Ten Hag really, really explained it, what he wants Ronaldo to do in the team, I think there could be a, an agreement there and mm-hmm. Ronaldo could have, maybe could stay. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ronaldo for Selangor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> But he'll have to wash his own boots. <laughs> oh, Tony Cotty joke right there. <laughs> Uh, now, also in midweek, uh, Chelsea and Brentford had a goalless draw. Liverpool beat West Ham 1-0. Newcastle 1-0 win over Everton. Southampton beat Bournemouth 1-0. Crystal Palace pipped Wolves 2-1. And uh, Brighton and Nottingham Forest had a goalless draw. Uh, in the Europa League, uh, Arsenal booked their place in the knockout round with two games to spare after beating PSV Eindhoven 1-0. Meanwhile, this weekend uh, in EPL action, we'll see a key battle for the top four taking place when uh, Chelsea host Manchester United. Uh, Chelsea will be uh, hoping to hold on to fourth while uh, United could move up if they beat the Blues. If they can replicate the performance like they did against Tottenham, but against Graham Potter, who is still unbeaten at Chelsea, I think mm. it's a tough Tough task to a uh, tough task to take. I I might I have to say I'm surprised that Graham Potter has not lost yet at Chelsea. Yeah, we all didn't. See that coming. <laughs> we all didn't see that coming. Yeah, but this is going to be his first like real big test, right? I don't know. Like like Karam said, you know, the key to this one is well, we, we know how good Chelsea are. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So the key to it is will United replicate that performance against Spurs? Because if they do, this could be a really Mm-hmm. A, a real cracker. Mm-hmm. But United have a tendency to 
revert back, you know, to, to regress a little bit. We saw they were doing well and then against Newcastle suddenly took a little bit of a step back. So hopefully it's all forward from mm-hmm. here. Also this weekend, leaders Arsenal are up against Southampton. Uh, Tottenham's non-title contending campaign continues against Newcastle. Man City are up against Brighton and Liverpool travel to Nottingham Forest. Be sure to catch this weekend's games live on Astro. Now the other big story this week was the Ballon d'Or or is it really, though, since uh, everybody knew since the nominations were, even before the nominations were announced, that Karim Benzema is going to win it? He deserved to win that. Yeah. In, compared to last season when they, when Messi stole the show and won the, the trophy. But no, I, no, when he stole the he trophy. He stole the trophy from Lewandowski, <laughs> right? For two, God, okay. But at least it's, it's justified this season. It, it, Karim Benzema does deserve to win that, to win that trophy. He scored what? How many goals? 44 goals in 47 appearances. Amazing. He led Real Madrid. He helped led, however you might want, you might, you want to say it, to La Liga titles and the Champions League titles. So there's only, there's only should be one winner for, for the Ballon d'Or this season. Yeah. No arguments there. Mm. Also, let's talk about our uh, women's doubles uh, badminton pair, Pearlie Tan and M. Tina. Uh, they made their first outing since Pearlie's hamstring injury by competing in the Denmark Open. Unfortunately, they were beaten in the second round by the uh, top seeds in three sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep it up, girls. Uh, we're rooting for you. Finally, um, the Malaysian MotoGP is happening this weekend and it could be a memorable one as Francesco Bagnaia could clinch the world title in Sepang. Not bad for for the first uh, race since the pandemic. Eh? Yes, and it, it could also be a memorable one because of the weather. <laughs> that's, that's the same. You can say the same thing for any race in Sepang, right? It's either hot, super hot, or it rains. Yeah. Either bring a motorcycle or a motorboat. No? Yeah. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, but before we go, I just want to remind you to treat yourself with love and kindness and self-respect. I hope you're taking care of yourself both physically and mentally. You are awesome. We'll see you next time. I'm Faisal American. I'm Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. <laughs>